Today's daf is daf Yud Zion, and before we uh, start the Mishnah, I just want everyone to take a look at the psukim that are being brought down that we're discussing. There's four primary psukim that we're dealing with that discuss the, uh, the, 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 the narrative of the Sota, and the question that this Mishnah is going to be dealing with, three different opinions as to which of these psukim are written on the parchment that is dipped into the uh, into the mesota? That's we're gonna, so we have to know what the four psukim are. So let's let's take a look. If you take a look at, um, let's see if the Torah or brings them all down. Uh, okay, take a look. These these are the these are the four statements. It says vehishbia osa hakohen. Va'amar el ha'isho, im lo shachav ish osoch, ve'im loi sotis tuma tachas isheich, hinoki mimei ha'marim ha'marim ha'eila. So the first pasuk is telling us that he adjures her, he makes her swear, uh, that if she had not had any uh, defiled herself, then ve'hinoki she'll be cleansed, she'll be absolved from it. So that actually doesn't say anything bad happening to her. That's just telling us what happens if it didn't happen. However, one could argue, as the Gemara is going to bring down, there is an opinion that says that, the the inference is that if it didn't happen, then you'll be absolved. But what's the inferred? uh, uh, There's an inferred threat there that if something did happen, then you won't be absolved. So that's that's one puzzle. Then the puzzle says... uh, one second, why doesn't this bring down all of them? In the, let me see that. They have it over here. Yeah, in the... They have a different Torah Shalom. That's interesting. Here, here it has it all. In the art school one, let me see, in your Gemara, in the art school one, it has actually all the four psukim. Then it says, Va'at kisotis, that in fact, if you did go astray, tachas ishek beneath your husband, and if you did defile yourself, the yitain ishbach as shechavtoi, and someone had another man uh, had relations with you, mibala ade ishech aside from your husband, and he makes her swear the shvur of a curse. The one's going to ask why do you need two times to swear? Because we already started with that. And the man says to the isha, yitain Hashem osoch you'll be a curse and an oath amongst your nation by causing your thighs to fall away and your belly to become extended. And then the last passage says and the bitter waters will come into your belly to extend your stomach and to cause your leg, uh, your feet to follow, your thighs to fall away. For Amra Isha, Amen, Amen. So I don't know why, why the art school has the full thing in the uh, over here at Agamoro, and we don't have it. So but those are the four. The no, that's the question. Is out of these statements, oh. what we're trying to figure out, what is actually lit, written on the on the parchment that is going to be dipped into the water? So there's four sta- four psukim there. So let's see it inside. So, Vala Lichta the Kohen comes now to write the parchment for the Sota. Me'eza Makam Hu Kosev, from where does he begin? 
So the, the Gemara says like this, the, the, but the Mishnah says that Mi'im Veloi Shachat Ish Osach. So it starts right from the beginning, right from the... Now, so he doesn't... Uh, he doesn't say, he doesn't start the words, there's no purpose in writing that introductory statement, but from what the Shvua is going to be, from Im Ish Osach, that's where you start writing. Okay? So this is going to be one of the first opinions. So, the Atki, uh, the, uh, etc. Va'at, and in the second pasuk, that's if she didn't have anything. Second pasuk is, Ve'at ki sotis, that, and if you did go astray, Tachas Ishech, but ain't a kosev ish but as we said, there's no purpose in writing the, that he, that he makes her swear. Ishbiakos is an instruction to the Kohen as what he should do. That's not part of the narrative that is being recorded in the Megillah. Because of it, he also writes, which is the next pasuk that Yitain Hashem Osach LaOlav LeShvua, and he also writes the final pasuk Uva Mayim Amarim Ha'Ela B'Me'Ayich Litzvos Button V'Lanpil Yorech. And he doesn't write the concluding statement of Amra Isha, Amen, Amen. That's not needed also, because that's also not really part of the narrative of the oath and the curse. There's just a reaction to it. So the instructions are not included. The instruction to the Kohen, Vishbia Osa, and also her response, according to the first opinion, is not included, which you'll see in the opinion of Rav Meir. Vaamra Ha'isha. I don't know where you're reading. Where are you pointing to? That's 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 later on. That's it starts of Ishbiosa Cohen. That's the first Pasuk. First Pasuk is Bamid Bar Hey Pasuk Yotes. Yeah, he's right. He's on the third pasuk here. Remember the third pasuk where it says Shavuot. Okay, so that's, that's not written. Uh, I, I don't understand. Are you asking a question? I don't want. We already yeah, fitted all four pasukim. We do that pasuk, but not be paying attention, right? All right. Now, so now Rabbi says once you start, you don't stop. Means you do. You write all of the. Uh, means it, it seems according to him you're writing the, the, the instruction and the response, everything of the all the four psukim is recu- recorded according to Yossi on the on the uh, on the parchment. Rabbi Yehuda Amar call Otsma Atma actually like it's a, like it's like instructing him a warning. No, you don't the other this is all you write. You don't you write even less than what the Tanaka. This is all you have to write. Mm-hmm. According to him, all you write is you write what bad things are going to happen. So according to him, you're leaving out that first passage that says, Imlo Sotis, he says, what are you writing Imlo Sotis for? So you're only writing actually what is going to happen, the bad things. But he agrees, That's also, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that's not included. So we have really three opinions over here. We have the opinion of the Tanakam, which is going to be Rav Meir, that writes the, 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 intro, the introductory psukim, the Akilosotis, means the telling when she didn't do anything is included. You have, according to Rabbi Yossi, that everything is included, including the instruction to the Kohen of Ishbiah and also the response of the Isha of Amra Isha Amen Amen. 
And then you have the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, who says, why are we including Imloisatis? All you have to start from is from where something, if there's something actually did happen, not if something didn't happen. That's what Rabbi Yehuda holds. But he agrees that you don't include the instructions and you don't include the response. All right. So, what is the crux of the machlokas of this three-way machlokas? What are they arguing about? So, one says, Baha'i Krokamifligi. They're arguing about the darshaning of the following posset. The posset says, the instruction to the Kohen is, Vakosav esa aloy sa'ela, ha Kohen basefer. And the Kohen is required to write these curses on parchment. How do we darshan that posset? It means, what is the instruction to the Kohen? Vakosav esa aloy sa'ela basefer. So, let's go with the Tanakam, which is Rav Meir. Rav Meir Savar, Alois, the cause of Alois is Alois Mamish. That's the actual curses. So therefore, where it's actually mentioning the curse that bit a bit and Elan Pil Yerech, so that for sure is written. But the Pazak says Ha Alois. The cause of, so he not only writes the Alois, he writes the Ha Alois. What's the He including? Is Larabas Klolois Abos Machmas Brachos. He says, not only are you writing where it's explicitly the curse, but you're also writing where a curse is implied. Where's the curse implied? In the first passage where it says that if you didn't do anything wrong, hinaki, that you will be absolved. Implied in that is, if you did something wrong, mm-hmm. then you're going to get punished. So that's a klola haba machmas brocha. So therefore the hay, the extra hay is marbe, that you include that first passage as well, which is the implied curse. That's what Rav Meir holds. What's the uh, difference between alot and klolot? It's same thing. Same, same thing. So now, now the uh, uh, so therefore now it says the pasuk continues the cause of as ha'alos ha'ela. So now what is ela? So ela is an exclusionary statement. These that all you're writing are these. So what is excluding? Lemute klolos of a Mishnah Torah. That there are curses in Mishnah Torah. Rashi seems to understand that you have really curses in other places in the. Uh, but every but there's curses that are called alois. There's a certain type of curse called an alois. Those are the ones in Mishnah Torah are called alois, but they're not nothing to do with sota. But if would, if the Torah would have just said the Kohen writes the curses, you might think maybe you have to include all the curses that are written right those along. So therefore, ale is limiting. It's only the curses that are mentioned in. Parsha Sota in Parsha's Naso. What's Ha'ela? What's the Ha'ela? So Ha'ela is Lemiute Tsevaos the Kabbalas Amen. Is that you're, in, you're including uh, uh, the, the instruction to the Kohen of the Hishbiah HaKohen Oso and also the uh, acceptance of the verse uh, of the uh, of the curses when she says amen amen so that is according to rav meir so rav meir says all the curse uh, uh, one second it was going according to rav meir rav meir is the tanakama yes so therefore that means that the, the that the you have the the, the one is going to actually ask the question. The one hay is used as a reboy. The one hay is being used as a mir. We'll, we'll see that later. But basically, according to Rav Meir, the 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 uh, the pasuk you're including from the pasuk because of our alos ha'ela, alos are the curses, and uh, and ha alos is the curses that come from the brachas. Means that's implied curses. Ela excludes. Those curses that are called alois, which are in 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 Mishnah Torah, in 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 in, uh, in Kisavoy, and ha'ela, what ha'ela is excluding is the instruction. The hay is including the instruction and the kabbalas amen of the isha. That's according to Tanakam. How does Rabbi Yaisi dash in the same pasuk because of his ha'alos ha'ela? All working of the same pasuk. So how does he do it? So Rabbi Yaisi says kulu He says 
pretty much everything you've said, I agree with. All right? I agree with the Kosovo's alloys is you include the alloys and you also the hay tells you the the Mahmas Brocha. So that's including all of those. But Ha'ela is where he takes, he, he, defer, uh, he, he, he disagrees with. He agrees that Ela is coming to exclude the Alois in Mishnah Torah, but he holds like this, the hay, Ha'ela, that's the only point he's going to be disagreeing. Why does he disagree that the hay is to exclude the instructions of the Kabbalah? Because according to Yossi, the instructions of the Kabbalah is included, everything is included in the narrative, because he says that the Pazik starts of a Kosov S, S is a reboy. S, because of S, it could have said, because of Ha'alois Ha'klala, because of Ha'alois Ha'ele. What's the S? That's being Marbe, S is Larabos, Tavos, Vakabolos. That according to him, you're including everything. Even so, it's I, so what are you doing with the hay of Ha'ele? Right? He says he doesn't darshan it. He also says, from Mashmos Ha'kosov. But it's not darshan. But the S is Marbe, the, uh, the Tavos and the Kabolos. Okay. That's according to Rabbi Yossi. Now, Rab Meir, what does he do with that? Esim loy darish. Now we see the machlokas sanoim mitrachas whether you darish in the esir. He holds that es is not yet for drasha. Okay. Now let's go to the third opinion. The third opinion was Rabbi Yehuda. He was the most limiting opinion. We had him a few days ago. The same time we had over there. The same way as he limits the writing we had before. We talked about Rabbi Yehuda's opinion that he has. He's the one who holds you right the least. I don't remember we had that before. So what does Rabbi Yehuda says? Kula b'miyute darish lehu. He agrees that Ela ha Ela and Alois ha Alois. But he holds that the the in in all the cases the extra hay is a miut. This means that there's a drasha there, but it's not according to Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda, one of them is like a larabos. He holds no one. They're both miyutim. So how do you darish? You darish like this. He says kula miyute darish lehu. Alois is Alois mamish. The actual curses. Ha alois the hay is lemiyute klalos abal machmas brachos. It's not to include them; exclude. it's to exclude. So that first pasuk vaat im loisatis is not yeah. included, and then ele is lemiyute klalos of mishnah Torah, like we said. Even though they're called alois, but they don't apply over here. Ha ele is lemiyute the tzavos v'kabolos. They're like not like Rabbi Yosi. It's the exclude uh, that that you don't say the. Um, not like like Rab Meir that yeah. you don't that you that you you don't well, well Rab Meir actually agreed you also that it's a miut Rab Yosi was the one that says you marvel from the word s but he says no it's to exclude the kabbalas and its savos okay now says the Gemara as follows Rab Meir the Gemara wants to know like this is that that Rab, Rab Meir seems to be inconsistent as to how you use the extra hay because in the first thing when he says. Uh, ha, uh, because of as ha alois, the hay there was a ribui, and ha ele he used the hay there as a miut. So when it says the man of shach, either using hay as a ribui, using a miut, why are you using either using it for both? So when it says the chayr of man, maishna high hay de marbi bay. That you're using the first hay on the uh, on the on the cause of as ha alois as a ribui, because there he's marvel. What is he marvel with that first hay? The klolas abar machmas brachas. The last hay, but ha'ela, is the memayat bay that he uses it as a mute. Lemayat, the tzavos, and the kabolos. Sigmar says it like this. So ha'ela, the memayat bay. Sigmar says it depends on the context of the verse. The first one is telling the Kohen what he's writing. So that's telling you, instructing, what are you putting in? So that's a reboy. The cost of law, es ha'alois, so the hay over there 
is an inclusory statement because the context of such is including. The end of the Pasuk is, the Pasuk says, Ha'ele, end the end word, Ha'ele. Ele is exclusory statement. So when the He is attached to an, exclu- an exclusory clause, then it's Memayat. When it's attached to an inclusory clause, then it is Lerabos. So that's the word it says. So therefore it says the word like this. So Ha'ele, Ribuya. When the He is associated with a word which itself is a Ribuya, Ribuya who use it as a Ribuya. Ha'ele, when it's associated with a mute, it is a mute. Says the Gemara like this. Now the Gemara has a very interesting question here. Rabbi Meir himself, Rabbi Meir himself said that the reason why we use the word ha'alois is to include. What are you including? You're saying that even though there's a positive statement made, va'at kilos sotis, if you did nothing wrong, hinoki, you'll be absolved. Right? The Gemara looks. That's a bracha. Nothing bad will happen. To you. Actually, you'll be blessed. But that, that, that he implies that if nothing happened, then, 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 then you'll be blessed. But it's that if something did happen, you'd be cursed. So he's using the pasuk as an, to infer the positive from the negative, the negative from the positive. So he has a question that that seems to go against the standard philosophy of Rav Meir. We have in, uh, in, in by tonight Bnei Gada Bnei Ruvain, when the, the tribes of uh, uh, Gad and Ruvain, Chatzishev Menashe, did not want to did not want to take their portion of land across the yard, and they were happy to keep the lands, the conquered lands of Sichon and Og. And they came to Moshe, and Moshe got very upset at them, what, you don't want to go in and, and, and help conquer the land with your... And they made a promise to him, and they said that basically, that no, we'll go, uh, we'll go, Navar uh, Chalutzim, we'll cross over, and we will help conquer the land as well. And the, the condition they made, and if you go over and you conquer and help conquer the land, then you will get the portion of land. But if you don't, then you're going to end up losing, whatever the the, 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 the thing would be. So Rav Meir learns from there, the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu made them take the oath in in uh, both the positive and the negative, that if you cross over, then you, and if you don't cross over, so he says from there you see that all time, anytime you make uh, conditions, you have to make conditions, you have to say both sides of it. You cannot imply there's no implied conditions. There's no implied. So Gemara that's Rav Meir's own shita. So the Chorah says the Gemara, if Rav Meir holds that we don't say then why is he doing it over here? He is saying is that clearly when you say the Torah says you have to write the curses, you have to write also the implied curses. But other places in the in in, in the Torah, Rav Meir holds that something that is implied is not considered to be of a value you unless it's actually stated. So one wants to know, well, this seems to go against the normal <laughs> philosophy of Rav Meir. That's the most question. Rav Meir generally does not hold that you can infer from the, the negative, you can imply the positive. So Gmora says like this, very interesting drosha. The Gmora is going to say, you're right. Generally, Rav Meir holds, you don't say, but in this posuk that says va'at im lo sotis that if you didn't go astray, the, uh, and then hinaki you will be absolved. There's actually a curse that is written in the verse itself that is more explicit. It's not just from the implied, but it's actually specifically written. How do you see that? Because the word hinaki, the one is going to say, is written without the yud. It should be hinaki. Hinaki should be hey yud nun kuf yud. But it's not written, hey yud, 
nun kuf yud. It's written without it. And therefore, since it's written without it, we know that hey and ches are interchangeable. So therefore, it's as if what's written... Chinki. Chinki means what? You'll be, you'll be strangled. So therefore, so therefore, Rav Meir holds that there is a curse that is written directly in this Pasuk, which allows us to understand. You're not just relying on Michal Hain, but there's more of an explicit curse written in, which therefore requires it to be included in what the Kohen writes on the parchment. She will never get that. What's that? She will never have that drasha. Who will never get that drasha? What? I don't know if it means actual chenek, but the, the, the chenek is a lot of you. You're, you're gonna you're gonna die. I mean, you, you'll die. I guess I don't know exactly how is it chenek. I don't know exactly it's not actual chenek, but you're you're gonna end up dying. Pressure. So I'm a Rebbe Tanchum. He uh, he uh, he without the yud, and therefore since he knocks ksev without the yud, we can read it as as the uh, Rashi's way as chenki that you will you will be uh, and therefore the curse is actually is like it's written and that's why it's included. All right. Famous, one of the more famous drushas in Shas, Darish Rabbi Akiva, Ish Isha, a man and woman, Zochu, if they merit, then Shechina Beinehem. The Shechina is among them. Rashi, interestingly, explains if they merit and means that they don't commit adultery, then the Shechina stays, he wants to be in that house. The and therefore, that's the Yud and the Hey, the two extra letters from the words Ish Isha is Yud and the Hey. The Ish has a Yud, the woman has the A. The Shechina show Beinehem. Loizachu, meaning that uh, either one or both of them commit adultery. So then Hashem removes himself from that union, and all you're left with is Aish and Aish. And therefore, Aish Achlason, they are consumed by fire. Amarava, you see that the power, the intensity of the Aish of an Isha is more destructive even than that of the man. Where do you see that from? We'll explain it outside first. Because the word Ish has the Yud between the Aleph and the Shin. So it's, 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 it's not Aish. It's not, by Isha, the Aish is already there. It's Aleph, and the hay is there. So therefore, by the Ish, by Isha, well, exactly what that means, he's a husband, by the Isha, the fire is more intense. The destructive capacity is more intense over there. You need the hay over there to stop it from happening, but it's there. You know, so therefore, it, it's much quicker. Rashi says, it's Mamaher Yoser, it's much to destroy. So therefore, like this. So I'm over the Isha, Adiva, the Ish. Why? Because Hamitzarev, because they're the Aish, the letters I and Shin already together. But High Loimitzarev by by the men, the Aleph and Shin are not together. Amarava Vitnei Ma Amra Taira Have Afar Lesaita. Why did we say? Why does the Torah say specifically you have to use dust for the Sota? If she merited and she did not commit adultery, she will be blessed with a son that has the attributes of Avram Avinu. What does Avram Avinu have to do with the ashes? Because Avram Avinu, when he was arguing on the behalf of Zdom, and he wanted that Zdom should not and Amora and that should not be destroyed, he came to Akkadosh Baruch Hu, he says, I understand, I, I'm humbled before you, I should not be arguing, why? Because Anochi Afar Ve'efer. So since Avram referred himself as Afar Ve'efer, so there's a connection to the offer that the Sota uses, that if she in fact did not commit adultery, she will have a child that has the attributes of a Avram Avinu. Now, Loizachsa, on the other hand, if she did not marry, I mean, she actually did commit adultery, there's also an Afar aspect. What's the Afar? Afra. She's going to go back to the Afar. So therefore, Afar, both on the positive and the negative, there's an Afar connection. 
Darish Rava, Bisharsh Amar Avram Avinu, Avanochi Afar Vaefer, Zochubanov Lebez Mitzvah. Because Avram Avinu used the expression, I am uh, uh, Afar, I am dust, Vaefer, and I'm ashes, so therefore that caused a direct benefit that his children will be bene- beneficiaries of that statement. How are we beneficiaries of the statement of Afar Vaefer? All right. Afer is Poro. The ashes is the afer, the paraduma, where there is a direct benefit. What's the direct benefit? Rashi explains that the afer, first of all, it removes the tumma from a person, it becomes tar again. And two, it's mechaper on the cheta eagle. There's punishments in every generation still going back. The paraduma removes those punishments. That's a direct benefit. And afar is the offer of sota, which also has direct benefits. What are the direct benefits? Is that, first of all, it allows a woman to go back to her husband and creates shalom bias. And number two, if in fact she did something wrong, it limits mamzerim in the world. Because if there's the woman that's predisposed to go and come in, no, there can be more mamzerim in the world, so it removes mamzerim. So it's a direct benefit to the world in the Lashon of Afar. Says the Gemara, why are you only picking on the Afar and Afar of Para, Aduma, and, so- and Sota? Vahikanami Afar Kisui Adam. Why isn't Kisui Adam also Lashon of Afar? Hechshemitzvah is not the same norm. That's typical to what it normally means. Hechshemitzvah usually means it's not actually a mitzvah. It's, it is a mitzvah. But it means it's only, it is a fulfillment of a mitzvah. Hechshemitzvah means it's a performance of a mitzvah, but there's no direct benefit. You don't need to do it to be able to eat the meat. It's not that there's, there's no direct benefit in it other than okay, there's a mitzvah in Olam, you get schar mitzvah in Olam Haba. But in this world, Kisadam doesn't give a direct benefit. The other two mitzvahs that we mentioned, there's a direct benefit. So therefore, it only makes sense that if the reward is to your children, means they're going to get a reward in this world. The only two that we could talk about is uh, the offer and Afer compared to Sota and, Kisir, uh, Sota and uh, Paraduma. The Kisadam one doesn't fit into the mix. Okay. Darish Ravo. Now that he said that uh, to to Malkitzedek Melachshom, I can't take anything from you. I don't want to take anything from you because I don't want you saying that uh, that, uh, uh, that 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 you made me uh, uh, you, you made me wealthy, right? Uh, it was uh, the, the king of Zdom, the king of Zdom. Was uh, so he said now. So so he didn't want to touch anything that didn't belong to him. That was Gezel. So Zochu Bonov Lebeis Mitzvos. What are the two mitzvos that came out from that statement? Number one, Chut Shel Techeles. The Chut is the string of that he said. I'm, I'm not going to take a string from you. They get tzitzis. Viratsua and the strap of the shoe that I want from you. That's Ritsua Shel Tefillin. So one says again. Let's see what the direct benefit to his children are in these two mitzvahs. Obviously, we're not talking about in, in Olam Haba. There's mitzvahs of every mitzvah, but it's Vashman that there's a benefit now in this world that means that his children will benefit from it right away. So, Bishlam Ritzua Shult Filin, Dechsever, Raukol, Ameha Oretz, Kishem Hashem Nikra Alecho. It says that the enemies of the, 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 the uh, people of the world will fear Hashem because they will see the name of Hashem on the Jewish people. What is that referring to? It's saying is that when a, uh, a, a Gentile sees a Yid wearing Tefillin Shabarosh, it instills a certain respect, a certain awe, because Shem Hashem Nikra Alecha. So that's a direct benefit in this world. But what is a pshat? That what is the what is the direct benefit that we have by wearing the chutzel techeles by wearing the tzitzis? 
The sign we learned in the Brisa, Harab Mei Oimer, Man Ishtanat Chelus Mikol Minet Zivonim. Why is it that on our tzitzis, Hakadosh Baruch Hu Dafka wanted us to have Chelus? So Gemara says, Mipnesha Chelus Domer LeYam, because Chelus is the same color as the sea. VeYam Domer LeRakia, and the sea has a tint or tinge that's similar to the heavens. And the heavens are similar to Gizeh HaKovet. Shenemar, because the Pazik says, By Harsinai, it says, Vayiruas Elokei Yisroel. They looked up, they gazed at the God of Israel. Vatachas Raglav, and beneath his feet, Kemas Elivnas Asapir. There was a, uh, looked like a brick that's made out of sapphire. And it was the same color as the, 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 the blue in its purity when it does not have clouds. And we have another Bozik in Yecheskel, I think it is. The Bozik says that Kumara Evan Sapir Dmuskise, that the Evan Sapir, that the, 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 the throne of Akkadish Borchu is the same color as a, a, a sapphire stone. So the bottom line is that the, the Tzitzis, looking at the Tzitzis, connects us all the way up to the Kisei covered. So either it's a, there's two ways of a fortune plan. Either because HaKadosh Baruch by he's having the Kisei covered, he looks at Kisei covered, he remembers ours, the, us wearing something, we get tremendous reward even in this world for wearing it. Or us looking up connects that connection, that direct connection was a tremendous benefit from having it. Uh, just as a uh, an, an interesting, uh, this I think it's a Sifri says, that we say, Urisem uh, Oisoi. Right? The Sifri says, why do we say that you are Yisem Oisoi, it should be Oisom, you're looking at your tzitzis. So why is it in Loshan Yochid, it should be in Loshan Rabbim, Risem Oisom. So he says, Risem Oisoi is you, that through the tzitzis, you're able to see Oisoi, you're able to see HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the Pshat to Risem Oisoi. That's based on this Gemara, because through the tzitzis, we have the connection directly to the Kisei HaKadosh All right, let's see the next Mishnah. Zogdeilig Mishnah. The, 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 the writing before it's, it's erased should not be on a wooden board. And not on, on papyrus. Diftera is parchment. There's three processes that have to be used when you make parchment. It's salted. It is mixed uh, with a flour mix. And then there's something called apits. Apits is gall nuts. It's some kind of... Uh, those are three steps. Now, that's when you get... Then you get cloth, kosher cloth. Diftera is it only had two out of the three processes. It was maliach, the kamiach, the apits. It had the salt, it had the flour, but it did not have the gall nuts. So whatever that does, it's not, it's, it's, it's not of the same uh, caliber of what is necessary for kosher cloth, and therefore it's not kosher for writing on it the, uh, the, the words for the sota. What, what is apits? Up it is gall nuts. Gall nuts. It's, a, it's some kind of uh, uh, organic extract. What is it? Yeah. It's a fruit and a. I, I, I remember the safer ones came and showed us it's what it is. I mean, all right. Shemarazi like this. Ella. It has to be ala megill. It has to be on kosher cloth. Shenemra, because the Pazik says, because it says the Kohen has to be because of Allah safer. Safer, always, whenever you use the word safer in Shaz, in, 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 in Tanakh, it means cloth. It means it has to be with kosher cloth. Now. You cannot use, kumus is like sap, or some kind of gum extract that comes from the trees. Rashi says is vitriol. Not sure exactly. It's also some type of uh, extract that might be used for, or, or Rashi says vitriol, or ornament, or, or, or whatever it is. I don't know what they translate that as. But anyway, so that, that cannot be used either. It's not a valid ink. Uh, and not in any other type of ink 
that leaves indelible, indelible marks. Meaning, because these things, when you write with, they don't dissolve. They stick. And we need some kind of ink that when you put it in the water, the letters are going to come off completely. And therefore, the only thing you can use is which is a kosher ink. It's made from sap with soot. There's a whole bunch of that. So that's what you have to use. Shenemar, because the Pazuk says, Umacha, it umacha means it becomes erased. It's ksav shiyacha lemachos. Specifically, it's got to be erasable ink. Amarava. Megillah Saita Shekasa Balayla Psula. If you wrote Megillah Sota, you wrote it at night, disqualified. My time, what's the reason? Because Asya Taira Taira. Because the Pasuk says the word Taira, it's a, a cross index from the word Taira that's written by Sota to the word Taira that's written by Mishpat, by judging. By, by, by Sota. It says by the Nachla, by, by, by Mishpat, where they divide, uh, by, by judgment, it says, Mishpat. So Ma Mishpat is Bayaim. Rashi brings a positive from the dividing of the Nachlos, which is Mishpat, had to be done Bayaim. So Av Megillah Sota, Sota has to be Bayaim. Alright. Kosvala If you write the words of the Psukim out of order on the cloth, Psula. Ha'ela implies ki dechsiva, the way it's written in the Torah, that's the order that has to be followed. Next halacha. If the cloth was written before she swore, psula, because it says ve'ishbiya, ve'achar kach ve'kosov, so it has to be the oath has to be first, and then she has to do the writing. Kosva igeris. If you wrote it as an igeris, Raji says the difference between a letter and a and 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 a, and a cloth, a sefer Torah, is by a sefer Torah you have to do sirta. Sirta you have to do the lot. There's etched lines. They take a razor and they do lines. So if you wrote it without the lines, then it has a din of an igeris, like a letter. So if you wrote it as a letter and not as a sefer Torah, so therefore kosva igeris is psula. Because by sefer amrachmona, Kodesh Baruch instructs it has to be by sefer has to be written like a sefer Torah. Cannot be written like an igeris. If you wrote it in two columns, if you wrote the, the, the words are very, there's a very few words. They don't need two columns. If you wrote it in two columns, it's as if you're writing two different svarim. Because otherwise, why not keep it in one column? So, Kosval Shnei Davim is Sula. Because Sefer is Mashma, Kosval Sefer is Mashma, Echad Amarachmana, Velosh Shnei Mishlosh. There shouldn't be two or three different svarim, so you have to keep it to one column. Kosval Os Achas Umachak. Os achas. Let's say the person, whatever reason he did it, but he, he didn't write the whole thing at once and then dip it. He wrote the first letter, then dipped it. Wrote the second letter, then dipped it. Third letter, then dipped it. So at the end of the day, he wrote all the letters, and all the letters have been erased. So the Chorah, are you Yotze? So Kosev Oz Achaz Umachak, Oz Achaz Umachak, Kosev Oz Achak Umachak, Oz Achaz. Kosev Oz Achaz Umachaz, Oz Achaz. Psula, that is disqualified. Why? Dechsiva Osala Kones, Kola Torah Hazos. Kola Torah Hazos implies that it has to be all at once. You can't do it in uh, breaking it up in piecemeal. Boy Rovo, Kosev Bez Megillus Leshte Sotos, Umachkan Lesoch Kos Echod Mahu. The Shaila is like this. We do have a drosha that says that it has to be done, that you have to cause of law, that you have to do it lishma. So you have to write a specific parchment for a specific woman. You did that over here. I wrote parchment A for woman A. I wrote parchment B for woman B. But now I put both of the parchments into one coast. 
does the idea of having specific for each one go through all the processes, or is just the writing? So therefore, cause again, so the Shiloh was, Kbez Megillah is a shtey, so it's a machan, and you raised it in Kos Echad Mahu. Sivalish Ma'ba'ina, and you have to have the uh, identifiable clearly for one person, the writing. Va'ikan, you did that. Or the erasing has to be done also specifically for one, and it can't be that you erased for two in one cup. Let's say no, no. You have to do the mechika. The mechika has to be done independently for each particular woman. So let's say you did that. Machkan bebeis kosos. You erased in, uh, in two. You wrote two different cloth uh, uh, and you erased in two different cups because vechazar veirvan. And then you mix the two cups into one cup. Mahu, what would be the halacha? Mechika lishma ba'inan. You need to erase it for the specific woman. Va'ika, you did that. Odilma halav didokashasya, halav didokashasya. Since they're both drinking from their own cup, they're not specifically drinking a cup that's designated for each one. And maybe that's not good either. Now, v'im timtzaloma halav didokashasya, halav didokashasya. That taka is a problem. Each woman has to drink from her own cup. So let's let's, let's get, create another shaila. Shasya, you. Uh, 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 um, I'm sorry. What happens? Chazar like this. Vechilkon. What happens is as follows. You 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 wrote a separate one for each one. You raised for each one. You mixed them and then you divided it back into two separate cups. All right. Mahu. Yes, breira or ain breira. Now the the, the Farshim learn this more like not the normal shaila of breira. The normal shaila of breira would say is do we say that each erased letter went back into there? That, that's not how they learn this. What they learn over here means it's just using the word breira. But do we say that since you need to have a cup designated for each one, that's enough? Even though it's possible that some of the letters got into that, but at least you did Xivalishma, you did the Mechika Lishma, and each one is drinking from their own identifiable cup, even though what? So in this case, he didn't mix it. He mixed he it, but then he spread, then he said, then he poured it back into two separate cups. So each one still gets their own cup. Maybe that's enough, or maybe no. You can't once it's been mixed. Maybe you cannot uh, reapportion it. So therefore, what's the halacha take? The more remains unresolved. Boy, Rava, Hishkab Siv. Let's say she never drank directly from the cup, but a sieve is like a, a like straw. a sponge, or like a sponge. Or a mahu, ferris, or you drank through a straw. Oh. Mahu, what's the din? What would be the aloha? Derek bakach, is that considered drinking and that would be sufficient? Or ain't derek bakach, that's not the normal way to drink. You have to drink directly from the cup and it will not be good enough. Take unresolved. Boy Ravashi. We said before that how much you have to take in order to erase a kadazva gadin, you have to have half, half a log of water. So let's say you had half a log of water. You did everything right. Right before she drank from it, it spilled. Now, but, but some remained. Is it still okay to give her that? Or since you don't have the full amount that you started with, that would not be sufficient. take That also remains unresolved. What's that? I don't know. I thought it was half a loaf. All right. All right. So when it says, Amarab Zeira, Amarab Zeira, I think Rabbi Yehuda, that was Rabbi Yehuda, who says the same way as Mamayat on the Ksav, he's also Mamayat on the water. But the Chachamim Shita was a half a loaf. So when it says, Amarab Zeira, Amarab, Amarab, Beis Shvuos, Ha'amuros Besota, Lama. Okay, now we're going back to what we mentioned originally on the Mishnah. Remember that it says, there's one Pazik says that, Vehishbiya uh, Kohen Oso, 
And then again, to the uh, two psukim later, it says, Why do they make or make, why are the two shvuas? What is the purpose of having both shvuas? So it says it more like this, is that, so uh, the Gemara wants to say that maybe it's there's two there's two shvuas that are mentioned one before you do the mechiko and one you do after the mechiko. So Gemara says maskevila rover. I said that doesn't fly. Why? That if you look in the psukim, both the shvuas are written before you erase it. You can't say once for before, once for after. They're both written before. If you look at the words, the words actually say, the first time it says, it just says a regular shvua. The second time it calls it shvua. So the second shvua is different than the first one. The second one contains within it a curse as well. So it's not just a shvua, but it's a shvua. We're going to have to define what does it mean, a shvua sa'ala, but in a moment, that says, that's the difference. There's two different types of oaths. That's why you have to chance to take one is a regular shvua, one is a shvua sa'ala. So, hey, chidami, shvua sheyesh ima Allah. What is a shvua that contains within it an Allah? What does that mean? So the first shvua, everyone agrees, that's a simple shvua, that's that. What is the second shvua? Shvua sheyesh ima Allah. So, Amarav Amram, Amarav, mashbi'eni alayich, he says, you start of saying, I make a shvua that shalom nitmes, she'im nitmes, because if you did, she'im nitmes, that if you did become tomei, yavor bich, then the waters will go in you and, and, and you'll, get, you'll get the curse that comes associated with it. So that's the way Rav Amram wants to say. Now, Rav has a problem with that, because Rav says that's not really a shvua Shiesh imo Allah. That's like there's a shvur lechud and there's an Allah lechud. The lotion of a shvur sa Allah is mashma that the Allah is contained within the shvur. Here it's like linear. You have the shvur and you have the Allah. It's not mashma that the shvur is being contained in the Allah. So says, Amarava Allah lechud akaima, the shvur lechud akaima. So that's not really what it, we're trying to figure out. How, what does the Torah mean that it's a shvur sa Allah? If the way it works is according to you, it's the shvur is independent. The woman is the shvur and then there's an Allah, but it's not connected. So El Amarava, so Rava says the way you have to say the shvur sa Allah would be like this. I make a shvur on you, that if you became Tomei, then the following thing will come on you. So, that, this is, this is, so, so this is much, much more direct, that the shvur, that uh, it'll come on you. So, Amarav Ashi, he says, Allah Ika, Shvua Leka. He says, over here, there is no Shvua on the Isha. The way Rav Ashi understands, it's almost like you're instructing the curse. You're making, I make a Shvua on the curse that if the curse, if, if she did something wrong, so it, it's not Mashma that, 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 that Shvua is on the curse. The Shvua Rashi says, there has to be a Shvua on the Isha. Here it's Mashma, the Shvua is directly going on the curse, and it's not a, there's no Shvua left on the Isha as well. So Ella Amrav Ashi, so Rav Ashi says the right way to say to do it is as follows: Mashbi'eni alayich shalonitmes, which is a shvur on her that you didn't become tamei. Ve'im nitmes, so therefore you're including ve'im, and if you did become tamei, yavol bich. So then the Allah should work. Now that seems very similar to what Rav Amram. The difference we have to find is Rav Amram said is a she. 
uh, and here it's ve'im. So you have to take a look at Rashi. Rashi said the difference though over here is it's both. It's the shvur is on her and it's on the curse. But the lashon of the head before it wasn't mashma the shvur is going on her. It was only mashma that it was an independent curse and an independent shvur. Take a look at the Rashi. Just get a clarify exactly the difference between these lashonos. But anyway, we'll stop over here, gentlemen. Uh, uh, do you have on Shabbos? Oh, yeah. Do you have